welcome to Marvel Maniac and MCU After Show. This is your host, Eric Cicada, a.k.a. Mr. Honest, back with you for another Phase 2 After Show, that being Captain America, The Winter Soldier. This movie is iconic in the MCU. It sets paths for plenty more MCU stories to come, and it's kind of the beginning of these like team-up movies that we get. Um, that being, we get Black Widow, we get the Falcon in this movie, we get Nick Fury, and Bucky Barnes himself, the Winter Soldier, all coming together for this action-packed showcase. With plenty of twists and turns, Captain America the Winter Soldier stands as one of the greatest films in the MCU, and without it, we might not have gotten a lot of our favorites that we've come to know, like Infinity War, Civil War, and Endgame, all directed by Joe Russo and Anthony Russo, and written by Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely. Um, this is the team right here. It's almost like an Avengers-level team-up for the writers' room and the creators of, of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I hope we get more of these guys going forward. I'm going to put an active spoiler alert warning for all of Captain America's story through the MCU, through Endgame, and even the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, everything's on the table here. We want to talk about how this movie impacts the story we've come to know. Uh, so this movie kind of starts with one of my favorite lines on on your left and that is steve rogers meeting sam wilson our future captain america on your left being a line that we see all the way through in avengers endgame when sam wilson is brought back by the second snap uh from well technically the third snap because Thanos does two snaps in infinity war post infinity war but let's just not get into those details um, Sam Wilson is brought back, and he's the first one to arrive to that epic battle between Thanos and all the Avengers in Endgame. And I love that this movie starts something that goes all the way through to that movie. And it does that in a lot of ways with a lot of storylines in this, uh, including Sharon Carter. We get to see the beginning of her story, and that goes all the way through the Falcon and the Winter Soldier to today, um, where she takes a lot of turns in her story leading up to becoming what we know as the power broker only her first name is revealed in this movie she's not even known as a carter until civil war however we do get the beginning of her story so sam and steve do meet in the beginning of the movie and they kind of relate to each other sam is a veteran of war himself and he talks to steve about you know how the beds are as soft soft as a marshmallow and they're used to sleeping on rocks you know from when, from their time that they served and um you can already see like, see like a really good chemistry between Steve and Sam from the beginning of the movie. From that point, Black Widow picks Steve up, and this is the first time we see her in the movie, and they're going on a mission uh, to the Lumerian Star, a ship that is launching satellites for this thing called Project Insight, which we learn throughout the movie to be this terrible thing that targets just anyone that is a threat to Hydra. Um, based off of like what they're going to do and in this movie like we even hear Stephen Strange as a threat to Hydra and he's going to be taken out in Project Insight I mean if this thing goes through by the end of the movie um it pretty much is like the worst thing to ever happen on the planet earth in the history of the MCU um so the threat in this movie is huge I'm a huge fan of Captain America and I think this is such a staple holder movie for him all his movies are vastly different from one another um, this one and Civil War a little bit similar in that we have Bucky the Winter Soldier kind of driving the plot however 
this movie is just one of a kind in the MCU. It's a political thriller, and it has that burst, those bursts of action and also drama, a good mix of the two. Uh, and I really like how the twists just keep coming in the movie. Um, you know, the first one in mind when Nick Fury gets bombarded by the police officers and then the SWAT team. That moment is just shocking. You do not expect Nick Fury to be being chased down as like a vigilante. And at that point in the movie, you have no no idea what's going on. Um, so you're just worried about Nick Fury. And it's like probably the biggest break in the movie we get from Steve Rogers himself. That scene with Nick Fury when he's just being bombarded and he has the gun and he shoots, you know, the shield agents from his window in the car and he has to put it on like autopilot to escape. Uh, that move, that's just like sets the tone for all the action we're going to have in this movie um i mean the battle on the lumerian star at the beginning actually does where captain america takes down like this whole ship crew in secrecy so he can save a bunch of hostages on the lumerian star um this is turned out to be like frame this is a frame for nick fury in this movie um so like it's made to look like Nick Fury set this whole thing up on the Lumerian star at the beginning of the movie. And later Pierce tells Captain America that because this meeting and deal went south and because Captain America came in and stopped it from happening, this is why Fury was attacked by Bertroff's people from the beginning of the movie. Uh, however, this is just all a coordination from Alexander Pierce to take Nick Fury down and get him out of the way. One of his many threats, um, one of the many threats that Zola's algorithm uh, assess and decides need to be taken out, uh, Nick Fury. And, I mean, we do see in Zola's computer at Camp Lehigh, uh, this is the camp that Steve Rogers ended up training at in the beginning, um, Captain America movie. Um, this is where Zola's computer is headquartered and... Um, we do learn like very subtly that Howard Stark was taken out by Hydra. Um, and it does even nod like it shows like a picture of Bucky's arm and it shows then a picture of Howard Stark deceased. And then it shows Nick Fury deceased, um, kind of implying that it was Bucky Barnes. And this is kind of where Steve Rogers learns uh, how Howard Stark d uh, ended up going. And it was at the hand of the Winter Soldier, a.k.a. his best friend, Bucky. And. The cap decides to hold on to that information until it is just dropped on him in Civil War later on. Um, I, I don't know if like Bucky fully knows that it was him, but he can only assume. He could really only assume that it was Bucky that killed Howard Stark. That reveal that Hydra has been in Shield, working its way uh, like kind of like an infection through the system and. Uh, infiltrating all of S.H.I.E.L.D. and even the government as we see the senator from Iron Man 2, uh, Gary Shandling, rest in peace. He is a Hydra agent as well. Um, he goes to Sitwell and does a Hail Hydra to him in the middle of like broad daylight. Uh, so this thing runs really deep. Captain America is absolutely a man out of time in this movie. Like his first movie takes place in the World War II era. And right now he's in a present day political thriller setting. And you're no better reminded of that when he meets Peggy Carter uh, when she's older. You don't even know really she's still alive um, until this point in the movie. And uh, he's visiting her and she's kind of sort of suffering from dementia and, um, it's really hard on Steve to be a man out of time. And uh, this goes to show like the love of his life is standing right in front of him, but he missed her life. And 
just it's so heartbreaking this scene where he sees peggy is one of the most heartbreaking in the movie uh you really feel like you missed that time with steve and you wanted steve to be with peggy uh, you you want steve to be with peggy and at this point in the in the franchise there's literally no way for that to happen um there's no chance in hell steve rogers is gonna time travel to go meet peggy carter and you know fulfill his destiny of love um which you know i, I will go on to probably talk about how um that maybe this isn't the end of their story and the tva will come along um when they're during that final dance but that doesn't take away from the fact that steve and peggy do reunite uh, and he does come back for that dance and uh that this low point where he he sees old peggy man it's just it does break my heart uh for steve rogers in this movie and that's why we're lucky to have him as our hero in this movie because he sees through all of Shields and Hydra's games and he kind of kind of sees things for how they are even from the beginning when he sees the helicarriers. Fury shows Project Inside to Cap pretty early on in the movie and Cap's reaction to it is like what you're holding a gun to everyone's head and calling it safety. Uh, this is a really good indicator uh, that Steve sees right through even past like Nick Fury can't see what's really happening with these helicarriers and Steve sees it because he's just so pure. I like how leading up to this scene where Steve's introduced to project insight, it's kind of like mirroring a later sequence of scenes where Steve is in the elevator going down and then uh, he leaves when he's leaving um, Nick Fury in that scene, he's going across the bridge, which later we'll see in a much more, action-packed sequence um, where Steve's being brought in by Alexander Pierce to be questioned on what really happened to Nick Fury. I mean, of course, Pierce knows what happened to Nick Fury. He's setting Steve Rogers up right here. Um, to, this is how he's going to take Captain America out of play. And um, the mirroring, just the mirroring of those two scenes of the elevator and then the bridge, uh, not knowing that later Steve is going to have to jump out of this elevator and ride on a motorcycle over at like a flying plane and destroy the plane. That part was so cool. Um, like I said, the action in this movie doesn't really stop. Um, and once Nick Fury is kind of out of play and tells Steve not to trust anyone, it makes it really hard for Steve to trust anyone uh, because he saw what happened to Fury and he saw the Winter Soldier um, the night that Fury was pretty much killed. I mean, to Steve's knowledge and for our, to our knowledge for the rest of the movie, uh, you know, we lost Nick Fury in this movie. Nick Fury was dead. Nick Fury might never have come back from that death. In fact, if we're looking forward to the show Secret Invasion, um, it is revealed to us in Spider-Man Far From Home that Nick Fury is kind of secretly an alien uh, for, for who knows how long it's been that way. Uh, he's a scroll. Uh, Talos, I think, was I believe was taking control of the Nick Fury persona while Nick Fury was in outer space on a sword base. So the Secret Invasion storyline can maybe even be tracked all the way back to this movie. This could be a point where Fury realizes that S.H.I.E.L.D. is compromised and he needs to start something new. And maybe when he dies in this movie, um, it does go down like it, like we know it in the movie where he did take the thing to fake his death. Um, it's something that Bruce Banner created to help slow his heart rate to one beat like a minute. And uh, this may be a point where Fury switched out with Talos. Uh, you know, I 
am so excited for Secret Invasion that it's kind of eerily amazing how they could be doing like pulling out plot threads from this early in the MCU uh, to current storylines that are going to have like an even bigger impact on the future story. Um, it kind of just goes to show how long Marvel has been planning something like this. Uh, I mean, it, it Marvel might not have been planning Secret Invasion at this time, but they could easily write it in. And who knows? They could have been planning Secret Invasion in a sense for a long time. And at least when they decided to do that with Fury and have, have it so in Captain Marvel that Fury knows the scroll uh, personally, the fact that he has known them for so long just goes to show that he possibly has been, you know, playing with us as an audience. Uh, I don't know, something about that scene in Age of Ultron where Fury comes in to the barn to talk to Iron Man. Um, it's just a little scrolly, if you ask me, a little, a little curious. We'll talk about that when we get to Age of Ultron. However, I do think that this is a big hint uh, in this movie, like Fury dying, Fury getting so beat up uh, after he's, you know, served for so long. He lost an eye. <laughs> he lost an eye for this job. And, uh, the fact that he was like treated so poorly and shield came down shield is the main you know, base of operations for him. Uh, I can't get off the topic that I, I really think something went on in this movie having to go with the secret invasion storyline. So we'll see what happens with that. Fury leaves Steve with the hard drive that was acquired by black widow on the Lemarian star. And this leads Steve and black widow to team up who Steve Rogers doesn't fully trust at first. Natasha could be playing both sides. And Steve is fully aware of that before being brought in to be questioned by shield, AKA Hydra about Fury's death and Steve's, you know, involvement in it. Steve decides to hide the hard drive in a vending machine. And this is where black widow will inevitably pick it up. And she's blowing bubble gum and kind of, uh, shows Steve that she has the hard drive when he comes back after Steve goes to shield has the giant uh, notorious elevator fight and that scene by the way let's talk about that for a second um, that that scene is iconic like maybe one of the most iconic fight scenes in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and it's all kind of on the same page you're on the same page as Steve Rogers in that like something is wrong here but we don't know exactly what um, the, the, Steve Rogers gets fully surrounded very slowly but surely and the best part about it is he asks if anyone wants to leave first before he pretty much manhandles all of them and they put these like briefcase handcuffs on him and strap him to the wall but nothing could hold down Captain America and he takes down everybody in the elevator including Rumlow uh, our, our future crossbones um, who gets completely obliterated by the end of this movie while chasing Sam Wilson um we're running all over the place in this episode, uh, plot point to plot point. Um, so much goes down in The Winter Soldier that uh, my mind runs all over the place with the possibilities um, that it brings to future stories. Like, um, for example, Falcon and The Winter Soldier. Um, they have their first fight in this movie, and The Winter Soldier rips off Falcon's wing and takes him out of commission uh, towards the end of the movie. And it's just kind of cool to see these two characters meet for the first time and knowing like where their story is going to go and that they're going to be teaming up on kind of like a buddy cop adventure uh, a few phases later and, and in their own show, it's just uh, so fun. And it's so exciting that these characters meet in, in earlier phases in earlier movies. Um, I'll, I'll talk all day about how I just love that interconnection in the MCU. And I, I think that's what, 
brings people back to see these movies, even if they haven't seen them all. Um, to go back and watch these movies makes it, like the future installments make makes your rewatches very valuable. Uh, and when I watched Captain America: The Winter Soldier this time around, it was a very valuable rewatch. So Steve wins the elevator fight. He breaks out of the elevator with a shield and lands probably like 100 feet down, uh, survives the fall because he's Captain America, and he escapes on a motorcycle, and um, they're trying to block him in, but they can't, and Steve takes down this plane that's blocking a bridge. I mean, come on, this is over the top. This is clearly something bigger's happening here. Um, I I'm surprised more authorities didn't catch on to like this like Nazi overthrow the government type situation that was happening. Um, some people in shield did though. Sharon Carter wanted to know, like if we're on, a, if we're going to have a man hunt for captain America, we, we deserve to know why. And, uh, they pretty much try and sell everyone on the fact that Steve Rogers had an involvement in Nick Fury's death and he's not answering or cooperating. So henceforth he needs to be captured and taken out. Um, they probably would just straight up murder Captain America if they got a hold of him. So um, it's a good thing Cap escaped, made it back to the hospital where Nick Fury was pronounced dead. And he goes to look for the hard drive, hard drive and teams up with Black Widow, who has it. Uh, they go to a mall and an Apple store, and they trace the hard drive back to Camp Lehigh. Uh, and during this sequence, they're being tracked by Hydra. And uh, Rumlow just gets more and more beat up throughout this whole movie. Another thing I like is Rumlow's introduction as Crossbones. He's not Crossbones in this movie, but he does have kind of like an X on his shirt, kind of future, kind of showing his future as Crossbones. Um, and it's cool that like we get a character in this movie that is deeply impacted by the falling out of Shield and like the reasoning for the beginning of the Sokovia Accords is like the actions of this guy being a pretty much a terrorist. He turns into literally a terrorist because of this movie, um, and it's like that. Guy goes to show the line that Hydra has been walking on and like the type of people that they recruited like Captain America is storming this ship at the beginning of the movie the Lumerian Star and he's taking out every soldier but not killing them and then the first time Rumlow drops in uh, he just shoots the guy and it's like it's kind of like looked over but Rumlow's evil and he's a bad guy and a lot of the people in S.H.I.E.L.D. slash Hydra on that mission are kind of the future Hydra that to Captain America will be fighting by the end of the movie. Um, so by the time Black Widow and Captain America escape, they go to Camp Lehigh, escape the mall. They escape the mall and they go to Camp Lehigh uh, where Steve Rogers was trained in the first Captain America movie. Such a nice reference. Uh, except there's this barrack. There's this building that stands that isn't supposed to be there. Uh, Steve doesn't recognize. So he naturally takes that as maybe the place where the signal was coming from that they needed to find out what is going on what what is all this about um so they go into the the bunker and there's a bunker below a bunker um on the first level it's the founding headquarters of shield and we get to see a picture of peggy carter and howard stark and also the general played by tommy lee jones i don't know the general's name but um man would it be great to get that guy again i swear man just pause before we go down that elevator shaft to unveil Hydra. Um, if Tommy Lee Jones comes back in whatever way to play that general, I, I hope it's, I just hope it's in like secret wars when they're going to uh, recruit Steve and like Steve is like on an active mission for the army or something like that. I imagine Steve um, in his parallel timeline, when he goes back 
to meet Peggy, he's going to probably stop Hydra from starting, you know, which would create a variant timeline, um, which maybe the TVA wouldn't be so, I don't know, forgiving of. Uh, so it's kind of confusing slash exciting to wonder what could happen with Captain America when he went back. Um, I, the whole opening sequence of that movie could be Steve Rogers bringing those Infinity Stones back throughout the places they were taken from and hilarious sequence of events. I mean, he's going to be bringing the reality stone back when it, the dark elves are attacking. And I mean, he's also bringing Thor's hammer back at that time. Uh, that could call for a really great scene. Uh, you know, him encountering the red skull, uh, him on Vormir and Vormir meeting the red skull. It's just almost like a necessary meeting, uh, that we need to see. It is, it is like a full circle thing. Um, will they fight? Will they, or do they, like, does Steve Rogers have to fight to put the Soul Stone back? Can you put the Soul Stone back? Does Steve Rogers hold on to the Soul Stone? And maybe that's what empowers him to stay in his timeline with Peggy somehow, some way? Um, there's so many questions to be answered with that that I just refuse to believe that we're done uh, with Steve Rogers' story past Endgame. Um, and this movie is a really big staple for his story and a reason that Steve Rogers would alter his timeline. Uh, Steve Rogers wouldn't let shield be infiltrated. He just wouldn't unless he, he believes like back to the future, like time travel law. Um, and it's not like he had an extensive conversation with the Hulk before he left about like what he was going to do. Nobody knew, but Bucky that he was going to go stay in that timeline. So it's interesting. It's just so interesting. And I think we're going to get answers for it. Uh, there's, there's just so much to be answered that I, I, I'd be really surprised if we never heard about what happened to Steve. And I think the TVA might come get him. I think he will be dragged into the secret wars uh, in one way or another. And hopefully he'll get to meet Captain Carter too. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm just very concerned uh, for Steve Rogers' happy ending because I don't think it's going to end that way. I just don't think it's going to end that way. Uh, because when Steve and Natasha Romanoff, Black Widow, go down the second secret elevator shaft in the S.H.I.E.L.D. base, they learn that... Shield slash Hydra has been compromised forever, ever since they brought Zola in. And they have been working their way, like I said, like a parasite throughout the government and through through Shield. Not I mean they're they're everywhere. Um so it's kind of tough for Steve to even handle this in this movie. Um as we see in the post-credit scene, you know, Hydra did get a hold of Loki's staff, which contains the Mind Stone, and the Mind Stone is a very powerful Infinity Stone, and it gives the twins, the Maximoff twins, Wanda and Pietro, their powers, and we get a hint in this post credit scene um, with Baron Von Strucker, he is talking about uh, the the creations and I mean, he's just kind of rambling about how it's like really important uh, to, to continue doing evil science uh, on the infinity stones. Um, but we see Wanda and she's like holding up brick cubes with her magic. And then she like collides the cubes. And it reminds me of incursions and worlds colliding and the incursions that she's most likely caused in Dr. Strange and the multiverse of madness. Uh, Marvel's had plans for this character for such a long time. And this is where her story starts in the post credit scene of this movie that will lead right into Age of Ultron. I mean, between between uh, this and Age of Ultron, there is Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, 
it's not like you can't just call these movies setup films. They're films that set up, right? They're not just setup films. Maybe like a film like Iron Man Two is more of like a setup film, um, but I think all of these movies are films that also set up. And this this oh man, this movie does a solid job of getting us really ready for like what's to come in the MCU. After the reveal of Hydra being fully intact and taken over Shield. This is just revealed to be a distraction by Zola because this place is about to be nuked. And Captain America luckily finds like a hole in the ground to cover himself and Black Widow. And um, they make it out. And this is when they go to Sam Wilson for help. Uh, thank God for Sam Wilson in this movie, who's just like working at a VA and like he's just trying to get over war himself, not knowing that he's about to become a literal Avenger in this movie. Uh, he tell Steve a little bit about his past and how he lost a friend similar to how Steve lost Bucky. And, um, I found it really charming that like Sam tells Steve about this friend, like kind of early in the movie. And then Steve remembers his name and I, I don't remember his name, but, uh, I, I think this, this guy, um, it really helps this guy that Sam lost. It helps Steve relate and it kind of helps Steve trust Sam. He sees himself in Sam and it might even be one of the earliest signs that Steve sees Sam as like worthy of holding the shield and holding that title of Captain America whenever he decides to pass that on. Uh, Steve probably had that idea for a long time. It's like, who can I pass this on to? Sam Wilson. He'd be the guy. Uh, and you could see in this movie how pure of heart Sam is. Um, if you watch the outtakes for this movie too, um, Sam Wilson is uh, Anthony Mackie. He is so funny, and he <laughs> he's just got this like catchphrase he says every time uh, they wrap up filming. I, I can't think of what it is. I, I watched the special features like a week ago, um, but uh, you watch the special features on Disney Plus. They have all the extras. If you go into the extras of the movie, I talk about this the last few episodes. Um, but if you go into the extra section of whatever movie you're watching, it will have deleted scenes and um, kind of like behind the scenes stuff. So uh, you can learn a lot more about the movie just by going there if you have a Disney Plus subscription. Uh, there's no gain for me telling you that, but you may be enjoying the movie just a little bit more uh, because Disney doesn't really promote that. So we get the senator from Iron Man 2 meeting with Sitwell, and uh, this this guy totally gets arrested by the end of the movie. Um, I, although I wonder if the real actor, Gary Shandling, if he didn't pass away, if he would have had like some sort of future involvement as like a villain or something in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, like coming out of prison or however like deep his roots with Hydra were, um, who knows like where he would have played another part in the future. Um, rest in peace. I think that this scene is really cool where they pick up Sitwell because Sitwell has been kind of around in the background. He was in even um, a few MCU one shots um, and he is a familiar face for shield and he is like a com he's totally a compromise agent steve and black widow take him to the top of a roof and they like threaten to throw him off and uh sitwell says that's not really your style cap and it's he says it's hers and black widow kicks him off the roof and man that must be terrifying he's just free falling for however long until sam wilson uh reveals himself as falcon and brings him on top of the roof and um he kind of reveals the whole project insight and what it's really about and how it can target uh anyone who's a, even a minor threat to them even before they're a threat so 
after they get this information, it's about 16 hours until Project Insight is officially launching, and they are going to go straight to the source. They're going to go bring Sitwell and have him use his retinal ID scan and uh, take down Project Insight, just walk straight up to it, and that's not going to go down. Um, this is one of where one of the biggest fight scenes in the movie takes place. Um, the Winter Soldier attacks the car that they have Sitwell in and like rips him out of the window, throws him to a passing truck. Bye bye Sitwell. It's no more Sitwell after that moment. Um, and this is like not just your average superhero fight. There's just a sense of urgency and overwhelming chaos in this scene. And you do feel overrun by the winter soldier and Hydra, just like Steve and Sam and black widow do. Um, it's a really like long action sequence and um, like all the characters almost lose their lives. People get thrown out of cars, uh, launched over bridges and Steve Rogers isn't even in his Captain America uniform in this. Uh, he's just got the shield and he's regular day Steve Rogers with the shield. He's got a lot of looks in this movie. Um, I don't know if I mentioned the beginning look he's got with a gray suit. Um, it's just so cool looking. I, I really like his early uh, movie suit. And then at the end of the movie when he suits up, he gets his World War II attire from the first avenger uh his first outing and man so many captain america uh so much captain america apparel i learned from a new rock stars video if you haven't uh, watched new rock stars videos uh on youtube very good marvel content right there um i learned from one of their videos that the soundtrack for the winter soldier is the scream like of Bucky as he's falling out of the train and it's distorted and remade. And it's like this kind of like eerie, like horror movie scream every time the winter soldier is shown on camera. Um, and that is so cool. What a cool detail. The fact that they'd use that exact, like it's the exact line of Bucky screaming as he's falling out of the train in the first movie. Um, we get to see Steve's reaction to Bucky being alive and it is after a huge fight in the street uh, where they're exchanging blows and you know Bucky is smacking Captain America with bullets but he's dodging him with a shield and um, I really dig this action but it's even more dramatic when Steve finds out that it's Bucky and he says who is who's Bucky uh, so like Bucky is completely brainwashed um, but this is the thing that's kind of waking Bucky up Bucky I, I something that you know I needed to learn a little bit over time was like I, I, the time between this movie and uh, Civil War there's a little bit of time right and um, I just didn't fully understand how Bucky Bucky's like thoughts worked like how does he remember but he doesn't remember um, well you get to see in this movie after this fight sequence where they're kind of broken up after um, Steve learns that it is Bucky because they're so stopped up in that moment where he realizes it's him that by the time that like that realization set in SWAT teams have rolled in and you know, the compromised shield is taking and arresting Sam, Steve and Natasha. The three of them are being held in the back of a caravan and black widow has been shot. Um, and you know, it was revealed that, even on a previous mission uh, before like off screen that black widow was shot by the winter soldier. And uh, she has a big scar from it saying she can't really wear bikinis anymore. And it seems like I'm sure you look horrible in them. A lot of flirting between Natasha and Steve in this movie. Um, I feel like black widow has always kind of got that flirty personality with the heroes in their own movie, uh, which is why I think it was really important that she got her own movie later. I think like, um, 
I think she's just probably like always kind of has that has that seductive way about her, like because she's a spy, she has to get information um, out of people, and like the a uh, really good way to do that is through charm. Maria Hill breaks the trio out of this caravan and brings them to Nick Fury, who is revealed to be alive. Meanwhile, Bucky is being repaired from his fight with Captain America, and he's having flashbacks to him being captured by Hydra and Zola hovering over him and putting on his metal arm. Um, saying that he's going to be like a weapon for Hydra. Zola says to put him on ice, kind of indicating that Bucky doesn't see a lot of time uh, like alive as the Winter Soldier unless he's completing missions. So his time uh, being like having even time to think at all, uh, he's being brainwashed. And we see how that hap- kind of has been happening um, through like this electric chair and they put a thing over his head um the minute he starts talking to alexander pierce about him knowing that guy on the bridge they start to torture him and pretty much he disassociates everything um through that pain so there's there's a good reason for bucky having a hard time remembering there's just so much trauma that bucky's been through and it's just actual trauma um what a tragic character uh and you know what what a good conflict for our super like morally strong captain america to be going up against you know the the one thing that's going to stop steve rogers from completing the mission is his best friend Uh, we get this flashback of the two and it's i believe when steve rogers his mom i think died and steve rogers is really down in the dumps and we get bucky telling him i'm with you to the end of the line pal and that is one of the most powerful lines in the movie and it's later repeated back to Bucky by Steve um, when Steve pretty much throws a shield down the helicarrier um, after everything's pretty much been completed. You know, Project Insight's been taken down, but it, the the matter at hand is Bucky at the end of the movie. And um, Steve Rogers won't kill Bucky, and he won't take Bucky down because he sees the good in him. And this... <laughs> just throws Bucky off so much Steve Rogers being so pure and that friendship he had with Steve it stands through time and through all the trauma Bucky's been through he he just knows not to hurt Steve and he ends up saving Steve's life when this whole thing crashes down he drags Steve out of the water and uh protects him so um I had to jump a little bit ahead to the end of the movie but I mean we're pretty much there um and I I, I mean, I think the way that they take down the helicarriers, it's really cool. They have to go to all three and put these, like, chips in um, that will re-coordinate them to target each other. Um, very smart because they, there would have been millions of lives lost otherwise. And you see the targets go down from, like, millions to just three um, by the end of this. Um, to get in to S.H.I.E.L.D., um, Black Widow disguises herself as one of the members of the world council meeting with alexander pierce and we get to see her use this um disguise technology in her own movie where she trades places with her mom uh and i think that's really cool uh i I think a lot of things are really cool okay i don't realize i say that a lot um however black widow being the ultimate spy in this moment and putting out every tiny bit of dirty history on hydra and shield and revealing to the world that shield has been compromised um pierce reminds natasha romanoff that you know your secrets are going to be out there too and that's going to lead to people wanting to come after you you know and blame you for whatever you've done in your dark past and um 
she doesn't care. Are you ready for your secrets to be revealed? And um, this is when Nick Fury comes in and reveals himself to be alive after, you know, the attempt on his life by Alexander Pierce himself. He gets to face Pierce and look him in the eye. After we get that flashback scene, um, I'm with you to the end of the line, pal, by Bucky to Steve. We get Sam Wilson approaching Steve on the bridge before they decide you know, to make their final move against Hydra. And um, it's kind of like a nice mirroring symbolism of, you know, these are the two guys that are with Steve. And these are Steve's best friends, his old best friend and his new best friend. And his new best friend is going to help bring his old best friend out of a dark place. Whether or not the new and old best friend like each other or appreciate each other that much, um, that's how important Steve Rogers is to both of these guys. Our Stan Lee cameo in this movie is him being a security guard at the museum of Steve Rogers um, and all of Steve Rogers' accomplishments, and he realizes that Steve's suit's been stolen, and he says, I'm so fired. Uh, epic Stan Lee cameo. Uh, every Stan, Stan Lee cameo is almost my favorite part of the marvel movies um i'm sad that we're not getting them anymore will they eventually start cgiing stanley into cameos is that wrong um because it's like honoring him in a way but it's also like maybe disrespectful in a way i don't know what do you think marvel maniac pot at gmail.com that's the weirdest marvel maniac pot at gmail.com i've ever put out there <laughs> but uh i i you know what I miss Stanley Stanley cameos, and he's such a face of Marvel that I think to honor him uh, with CGI cameos, I I don't think that would be the worst thing in the world. I I think he would probably be probably would have been down for that, um, but maybe they had that conversation, and maybe they were like, "Wait five years." <laughs> he was like, "Wait five years" or something, um, or maybe they'll never do that. Except. There's this one kind of half cameo by a not Stanley in Spider-Man No Way Home where um, even in the script, this is probably from New Rockstars with Screen Crush. Um, I always have to credit them because I, I love those guys. I love their videos. Um, like they, they write that like have a Sam look when Peter Parker walks in uh, at the end of No Way Home into the coffee shop. There's like a guy that's supposed to look kind of like Stan Lee, but it's not to give you kind of that like feeling of uh, like that, that, that Peter Parker has after like losing his association with everyone he knows. Um, so that a little bit off topic again, but um, that's what this show's all about. Off topic and MCU after show. I apologize if me being off topic is disorienting. However, this is how I have fun. By ranting about Marvel stuff and putting it up so you can listen to it. We get a cameo from Danny Putty, who plays Abed in Community, um, another show the Russo brothers are affiliated with, and one of my favorite shows. Um, and we get more of these Community cameos later in the MCU through other other Russo brothers films. Um, they also are affiliated with Arrested Development, and we get the Staircar in Civil War, and um, the Blue Man in the Collector's Chambers in Infinity War. Um, so um, I love that they pay homage to their comedies and where they came from in obviously one of my favorite cinematic ventures. Um, so it's a good combination of nerd for nerds. Steve Rogers breaks into this comms room and gives a message to all of Hydra slash shield. Um, and there's still good people in shield at this point. So he's letting everyone know who doesn't that shield has been compromised by Hydra and uh, we have to stop them. And he says the price of freedom is high. It always has been. And it's the price that he's willing to pay. But if he's the only one, then so be it. But I'm willing to bet. I'm not says Steve Rogers. And this does give hope to 
Sharon Carter and the other guy who <laughs> disobeys uh, Rumlow, um, and he says, sorry, Captain's orders. And Sharon agrees, Captain's orders. This is when kind of a little war breaks down in the S.H.I.E.L.D. Operations Center, and this is kind of when all the action breaks out, Captain America making his way onto the helicarriers, which have been launched because of his speech a little bit early. Uh, so Steve Rogers has to get up aboard these things with the help of Sam Wilson. Steve Rogers lands on one as it's coming up from the ground, and Sam Wilson flies off to go get pretty much barraged by missiles. And Sam Wilson like takes a lot of fire in this movie, um, and he does a really great job of holding his own against the evil uh, forces of Hydra. He says, how do we tell the good guys from the bad guys? And Steve says, if they're shooting at you, they're bad. Towards the end here, I mean, the action is so incredible. The Falcon has some of the best flight sequences you probably have ever seen him have uh, such a great introduction to that character steve puts the chip or you know the giant thing that needs to go into the ship to override it uh, he puts it in one ship and then sam wilson makes his way to another and then that leaves one ship left however when cap is about to get air support uh the winter soldier completely bombards his airfield of shield operatives the good ones and he takes out like four airplanes and um he takes an airplane up to the final helicarrier for his final showdown with steve nick fury confronts alexander pierce and pierce is arguing that he can bring peace to seven billion people by just ridding of 20 million um kind of uh overlooking the idea of genocide there um kind of like a thanos level uh like idea from Alexander Pierce, which makes him that much more villainous, just him writing off lives as if they're nothing. To get these files out that Black Widow is trying to release to the public, there needs to be two retinal scans, and Fury reveals that his eye uh, that is damaged by the cat from Captain Marvel, which, by the way, it totally looks like it's scratched by a cat, like his eye in this movie, um, which is really a really cool detail. Um, I don't know if they planned that, but it seems like they maybe built that in around the scratch. Um, it, it looks pretty scratchy, um, which means the cat totally just hurt his eye um, in cat form and not like monster form. <laughs> so like our, our strong Nick Fury was DI'd by a cat. I don't think the word DI'd is, is right. Um, his eye was destroyed by a cat um that happened to be an alien flirting type thing fury tells pierce if you want to stay ahead of me secretary you have to keep both eyes open and he reveals that his uh defective eye can be scanned along with his to release these files out to the public um which is just for the good of everyone Falcon swoops in and picks up Steve uh, from falling like hundreds of feet and brings him to the final helicarrier. This is where Sam and Bucky first meet and they have a fight where Sam loses his wing. So the Falcon and the Winter Soldier are united at this very moment, not knowing that they would go on future adventures uh, leading up to the new Captain America uh, being Sam Wilson. You know, we, we, get that idea in endgame but it's further flushed out in the falcon and the winter soldier and uh boy is that a heck of a story that's a heck of a story leading into the next captain america film new world order um after i mean the next captain america film from this point in time is civil war and then we got new world order coming out in like 2024 i believe with one second to go, Steve Rogers stops Project Insight from actually launching and targeting and uh, destroying all of these lives. Steve Rogers saves the day in the greatest way. Uh, but however, 
it's not completely saved because Bucky is still fighting Steve and Steve Rogers takes bullets from Bucky in this fight. Uh, and he, yet he's still not willing to take Bucky down fully because he sees his friend in there. Pierce has Black Widow hostage because he takes out the whole security console by the things that they put on their shirts when they enter the building. They completely eliminates them. Um, so he has Black Widow hostage. Um, I'm not sure why he didn't take Black Widow out too. Um, like while the, while he could have, um, that may, might've, not taking his leverage away from Nick Fury, I suppose. Um, so this is kind of like his like final form of leverage. And he's watching the helicarriers being destroyed outside his window. He's like, what a waste. This guy's a pure villain. Black Widow actually sets the thing off that is on her um, by herself manually. So Fury can get the upper hand. And before Fury shoots and uh, eliminates Alexander Pierce, he tells Pierce that I would have taken a bullet for you at one time. So Fury shoots Pierce and Pierce dies. We do get another appearance from Alexander Pierce in Avengers Endgame showing how Hydra got Loki's staff. And uh, Ant-Man's even like, these guys look like bad guys. <laughs> Why'd you just give them the staff? Um, so it's kind of cool that we get to see, uh, see him again. Pierce being played by Robert Redford. Really cool villain for this movie, and he plays it so well. One of the helicarriers lands in the exact building that Rumlow and Sam are fighting in, and uh, Rumlow does not make it out as like undamaged as Sam does. Sam actually gets saved by Nick Fury and uh, Black Widow in a helicopter, and um, he says forty-first floor. Uh, <laughs> like he's like they don't Nick Fury's like they don't paint the the numbers outside, you know, outside the windows, um, and it's like a nice interaction between those two characters. You could see why the events of this movie may have led to the Sokovia Accords in a sense, like because of how much destruction was brought on, and they're like literally buildings upon buildings are destroyed, um, and you know. But it's kind of crazy that they blame the Avengers for this, uh, because like this is something that needed to be taken care of, and it would have been way more catastrophic if Captain America didn't intervene in Project Insight and the launching of that. So, it, it, but. What we see by the end of this movie when Black Widow is kind of being tried at court um, that the world government and the governments don't really necessarily see what was about to happen. Uh, they don't really know what they were saved from. And it's and it seems that like they just want to blame the heroes for the destruction. So it, it's kind of a nice hint um, the way Black Widow is being questioned. And she says, you won't arrest us. You'll never arrest us. Um well, that that will change. Um, they will, there will be Avengers that get arrested in Captain America's Civil War uh, due to events like this. Steve and Bucky are having their final showdown, which is just glorious. So much action. Um, and Steve Rogers is trying to remind Bucky Barnes who he is. James Buchanan Barnes. And Bucky screams, shut up, and uh, throws fists at Steve, you know, trying to deny his past uh, because like, it hurts to think about what he's gone through. He says, you're my friend to Bucky, and Bucky replies, you're my mission. And Steve says, we'll finish it because I'm with you to the end of the line, pal. And calling back to that line uh, earlier in the movie and in that flashback, and it's the thing that kind of wakes Bucky up. Steve falls into the water, and Bucky drags him out, um, not really fully knowing like Steve doesn't fully know that it was Bucky, uh, but could probably assume that it was Bucky uh, and all he knows is Bucky didn't let him die and Bucky held back his punch. So um, it's enough for Steve Rogers to know that his friend is still in there. And you could really see it in his eyes. Like the way uh, Sebastian Stan plays Bucky is so well. Um, I, I, I appreciate his performance of Bucky. 
Steve Rogers wakes up in the hospital with Sam Wilson sitting on his right. <laughs> um, however, he's playing the Trouble Man song, uh, and that is the song that he recommended, Sam Wilson recommended Steve to listen to at the beginning of the movie um, to catch him up on all his music. Another musical reference in the movie is when Steve Rogers enters his apartment to have Nick Fury sit in there all bloody to a pulp after being jumped. Um, the song that Steve and Peggy dance to at the end of Endgame is playing throughout Steve's apartment. Steve Rogers actually says, on your left to Sam uh, when he wakes up, kind of setting up that line again in Endgame for Sam to give it right back to Steve. I love it. We get a montage uh, to the Trouble Man song that kind of reminds me a little bit of the show The Wire, um, and it kind of shows the rest of the characters and like what they're doing, like Sharon Carter shooting at a gun range. We see Maria Hill going in for a job at Stark Industries. Now, is Maria Hill a scroll? Is she secretly part of the secret invasion? Is this another early sign? I mean, we know that Maria Hill is posed as a scroll um, in Spider-Man Far From Home. However, we don't know how long she's been a scroll, if not forever. Has Maria Hill always been a scroll? That's a very good question that I'm hoping we'll get an answer to in Secret Invasion. Senator from Iron Man 2 is arrested. We get a shot of Rumlow, who is completely bloody to a pulp. And we get the scene of Black Widow on Capitol Hill, um, in quotes, mouthing off, is what one of the senators says to her. Um, and this is where she says that we don't belong in prison because you need us in her own words. She says the world is a vulnerable place and we help keep it that way, but we're also the ones best qualified to defend it. She goes on to say, if you want to arrest me, arrest me. You know where to find me. Uh, a lot of foreshadowing going on and like Black Widow kind of being like on the run after Civil War in her movie and um, the Avengers being arrested as a result of Civil War, the next Captain America film. Uh, it's just... A lot of foreshadowing, like I said, in this movie. There's another shot of Nick Fury setting all his stuff on fire, including an eye patch, his eye patch. Um, so I don't know if that's like an indicator that this is where Fury maybe actually at this point leaves to go to outer space to start sword, um, or maybe I'm looking way too far into that. He meets Sam and Steve at his own grave, and he says, so you've experienced this sort of thing before. And Steve says, yeah, well, you get used to it. Fury asks Steve to come to Europe with him to help him take out the rest of rats that didn't go down with Hydra, kind of hinting towards the fact that there's other Hydra operations around the world, including the one we get in our post credit scene with the Romanov. I always want to say Romanov twins. Uh, it's Natasha Romanov, the um, Maximov twins. And uh, I'm going to keep that in because mistakes are genuine. And I don't think you get to, you know, why, what benefits you from hearing a mistake? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> I'm going to keep it in because I'm lazy and it's probably funny. And uh, hopefully, hopefully it comes off as genuine. Fury also asks Sam Wilson to come with him. And Wilson replies, I'm more of a soldier than a spy. Sort of highlighting the theme of this movie. Um, just what does it take to be a soldier? What defines a soldier? Um, we get three soldiers, uh, Steve Rogers, Bucky Barnes, and Sam Wilson in this movie. And they've all had very different experiences being those soldiers. Then Black Widow comes to the grave and is giving Steve Rogers a file. She says she blew all her covers and she has to find a new one. Natasha wants Steve to call that nurse, a.k.a. Sharon, uh, Sharon Carter. And it does hit towards a little bit of romance happening between them in the next movie. Um, and, you know, 
a little bit awkward of a thing that I think needs to be addressed in one way or another. <laughs> like, I want to hear Steve like admit to Peggy because he's such an honest guy uh, that he may or may have may or may not have gotten with his, her niece, uh, and that he's very sorry. Uh, he he was missing her so much in that sense. <laughs> Natasha also reminds Steve that she might not want to pull on that thread in the file that she gives him containing information about Bucky Barnes, aka the Winter Soldier, who is now on the run. Sam says to Steve, you're going after him. And Steve reminds Sam that you don't have to come with me. And he says, I know. When do we start? And the movie ends. Uh, what a solid ending. It's just giving Steve Rogers, like, even, like, more of a purpose in this present time. Um, like, it sucks what happened to Bucky, in a sense. But, like, he still has a close friend um, to look out for and think about and care for um, and save. He needs to save Bucky and you it's clear that Steve Rogers is on this mission at the end of this movie until he completes it this is where we get our post credit scene with Von Strucker and talking about this isn't a world of spies or not even a world of heroes anymore it's a, the age of miracles and that there's nothing more horrifying than a miracle showing Wanda just breaking these uh, bricks in front of her with her power, like I said, hinting towards uh, her future as the Scarlet Witch. Our post-post-credit scene is Bucky at the Steve Rogers Museum discovering an exhibit about himself, kind of learning about who he really is. And uh, the look on his face is that of shock. And that's Captain America, the Winter Soldier. It goes down, like I said, is one of the most iconic movies in the uh, MCU, let alone the Captain America franchise, and it kind of world builds in a way where, I mean, the, you just can only wonder at this point, if you haven't seen the rest of the movies, um, what impact is this going to have? Uh, like Hydra and S.H.I.E.L.D. and, um, you know, Bucky being out on the loose, like, there's so many loose threads, um, they're all followed up on. Steve Rogers learning about who Bucky Barnes really is, is probably like an absolute point in time in a sense. Um, him crossing paths with the Winter Soldier is extremely iconic, and the reveal of Hydra infiltrating S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, it goes right into the next Avengers movie, and without Hydra infiltrating S.H.I.E.L.D. and having Loki's staff, uh, we wouldn't get Ultron. Um, and I'm really excited to talk about Avengers Age of Ultron here with you, in a couple weeks after our Guardians of the Galaxy discussion. Do you want me to jump ahead and talk about any uh, recent releases that I missed, like Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, Thor Love and Thunder? I'm thinking about hitting those back up in chronological order, um, like from where I am now, going through the things that I missed in Phase 4. I did cover most of Phase 4. If you haven't, go back and listen to some of those older episodes. My name is Eric Cicada, a.k.a. Mr. Honest. I'm your host. This has been Marvel Maniac and MCU After show make sure to reach out to us on social media we're at marvel maniac pod on tiktok instagram and twitter um, we're on facebook at marvel maniac pod podcast and mcu after show we're also on patreon patreon.com slash marvel maniac on youtube we're everywhere uh show your friends and give us a rating it goes a really long way and it means the world to me personally it's been a lot of fun going back through phase two and talking about it in the context of everything that's already happened and uh, i'm looking forward to where the mcu even goes from where we're at right now after the release of ant-man and the wasp quantum mania um do you want me to touch on the 
first Ant-Man film, or should I maybe just pass that because I did an episode called Ant-Man and the Wasp through the MCU, which you can go listen to right now, kind of covering Ant-Man's whole story. Um, I am just so excited to be talking Marvel with you on this podcast. And again, thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. Uh, It means the world to have you as a listener. It is my pleasure to be talking about one of my favorite things in the world with you one of my favorite people in the world because you showed up here and you gave me your time of day uh this is again eric aka mr honest your host i hope you have an amazing week and until next time avengers disassemble